0: Welcome back you are listening
1: to media
0: sales mojo
1: my name is philip gabbert and i'm dave burke thanks for tuning in to our podcast this is the podcast for broadcast media sales professional and we're glad that you're with us today we're going to talk about something that uh, really has taken uh, a very sharp focus for a lot of sales teams and a lot of companies and that mm-hmm. is the development of new local direct business which is really uh uh, the lifeblood always has been of what we do, but boy, is it ever more important than ever today. And Dave, the environment we
0: are in is mandating that we get better and better at this. We've mentioned it before mm-hmm. that new business and, and prospecting is the predecessor to getting new business. So we've got a. This is an area that is improvable,
1: and it's just going to take a little shaping. So. Where do you want to begin? Well, let's talk about how we start prospecting. You know, prospecting is really uh, that process of trying to find businesses that can go on the air with us. And I just want to talk about the businesses that we go to directly at this point, not necessarily agency business. You know, new business comes, as you know, Phil, new business comes to agencies. If you're uh, an account executive that handles that agency, uh, most companies that I've been affiliated with have the account executive responsible for the agency, not the account. So if the agency picks up a new account, the, that account executive has access to that piece of business, which could, in fact, be considered new business if they'd never been on the air before. But I want i want to really right. just focus on the the businesses that we go to as account executives and, and as sales managers and go out and call on directly. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. so for me, in looking at developing uh, New businesses, the first thing I want to do is to be able to select critically the businesses I even have my eye on you know um, we okay. we can do a, yeah. an episode an entire episode, probably more than one on time management but th- but this this falls right. into that category in my view, where if you're not prospecting on the right kind of business you 're going to waste a lot of time, and you you just don 't have time to, to to waste right
0: yeah. For me, I think an account manager and anything that's going to be on my futures list, and that future means like this afternoon, not, you know, I'm going to call on these people in the, uh, next week or next month, is having this that area of being naturally curious. And prospecting is one of those things that your antenna needs to be up almost all the time, and and looking for areas of interest. I think one of the key aspects for prospecting is finding things that are interesting. I think you used the phrase a show or two ago called commission breath. You don't want to show up, you mm-hmm. know, with this baited breath on. Hey, can I call on you? If I am prospecting, I I feel I should be naturally interested in this customer's business. Have some area of expertise. Or some relatable value that you could share with them as, as just the base level reason why I should be calling on you. Mm-hmm. So I would like to have those elements intact and in command of. So when I am making first mm-hmm. calls and introductory calls, cold calls, that we have something where I don't come off where I'm hunting. It's almost like mm-hmm. I am, I'm seeding and watering for harvest at a later time.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea because then if they do do business with you, you know, you've got this natural curiosity, you've got some mutuality, you've got some knowledge of that business. One of the things that uh, there's a, there's a couple of things that I would mention here in trying to select prospects for you to call on, if you're an account executive, number one, do they have a high likelihood that they would advertise okay. if they called on? You know, they have to have a budget that that you know. Obviously, if the, if you see them in other media, they're not in yours. There's a high likelihood that. Well, the fact is that they do advertise. So,
0: right, like a B two B, you can you would know that somebody's you know doing a business to business you know marketing campaign, mm-hmm. and they might not have need for mass media, right?
1: Right, exactly. So, new business openings, a good source. You know, looking for competitive station monitoring, non-returning accounts on your station, that kind of thing. Does the business have a likelihood, a high likelihood that they're going to advertise? The, the corollary to that that I think some people forget about, and I think it's really important as a manager in particular, as you're managing this process, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I like to say manage the process, not the list when we talk about prospecting. So do they have a high likelihood to advertise this prospect? But do they have a high likelihood to succeed if they do advertise? Yeah, so
0: what's their, you know, what's their capability for expansion, or is that what you're getting at?
1: Well, that plus, depending on what they're selling and what they're trying to do, is it a match for our listeners or viewers? Right, you know, got it. Demographically, geographically, other measurements that you might use, lifestyle, need, that kind of thing. Um, do they have a high likelihood that after the first order, they're going to renew? That's that's all part of this is what's something that we have to try to do. Right. And then the th- then the third item I want to make sure uh, happens is that we can get to the decision maker. Wow. Great you point. Know, you and I have had Great that problem. Point. Right. Right. Uh, right? You, you try to call on somebody and you're like, oh, well, you know, that's Bob. He's in Indianapolis. You know, he comes to the market once every three months. And is that really a viable prospect?
0: So you made me think right there because, you know, we think of prospecting of, oh, I'm going to call on them. But that it's just like the initial thoughts actually getting into it. You know, you're going to run into some, but, you know, two or three people in front of them. So in my notes, I wrote, you know, this is, and I'm, I just mentioned it about seating. But there's, there's a process to me, Dave, that says pros, you know, that prospecting is not a, an event. It's an everyday habit. So I don't gear up for this. So I am continuously seeding. And that means I am physically dropping by a location if, that, if that's possible in your marketplace. The second thing is what we are communicating is I'm here for you. I am available for you. I am, I'm not selling anything. In other words, I'm here exploring. I might walk into a store and see what kind of items that they are carrying or or what seemingly, maybe I shop at that store or maybe I've done business with them as a customer and not as a, you know, trying to help grow their business but I might have some naturally occurring ideas but I don't wanna come off pitching ideas just yet. I wanna find wow. my way to the key decision maker and that that's prospecting too. Think of it in the terms of digging for gold. We are digging to get to that vein where we can really extract and collect the ability to talk with that decision maker. And, and a valid business reason for talking to that business maker or the business decision maker is not necessarily, hey, I want you to advertise on my group of stations. It is, I'm naturally interested in your business and I think we should talk. Well,
1: and one of the things that, that I, you know I remember doing when I was prospecting as an account executive, I would say when I walked in, "I'm here to see if we're a match." Yeah, you know, I'm here to see if what I have to offer you makes sense for what you have to offer your customers. I love it because that's how that's how you're going to make this thing work. You know, is if what they're selling, what they're doing, is a need or a want you know, that's, that's desired by your viewers or listeners, right? Right. And so, yeah, that's a, I'll I'll give you a quick story. This is a a true story. You talk about seeding. This is one of the most brilliant seeding things I've ever experienced in my life. And this was a long time ago in radio. Okay. We had a promotion director who was really creative, very, very good guy, wanted to get into the sales department. So. We get we we got, you know, he he gets the uh, the Neanderthal list, you know, of of all the accounts that no one's been able to break through. It's it's so
0: old. It's written in stone.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's the uh, they're the accounts that were have been off the air for four years and no one's (laughs) been able to get through. to them. So he gets that list. Right. He starts to seed in a way that I've never heard of before or since. He would get he, he he. Called every account that he could and just blank called the receptionist to confirm mailing address, phone number, business owner. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, Hey, this is uh, uh, Bob. I'm I'm calling from uh, uh, our radio station. I'm just updating our. Uh, our biz, our local business list. Are you still located at uh, 123 Main Street? Uh, yes, you are. Okay, great. Uh, and the zip is 80709. Uh, f- uh, yes, that's true. And does uh, does does Stan Johnson still the president there? Oh, Stan retired. Who's the new president? Oh, that would be uh, that would be uh, uh, Marianne Fleming. Okay, great. On, awesome. Thanks very much. Just update the list. That's okay. the first thing you did, right? Right. Then he started to make copies of Articles that he would find online uh, or uh, at at the time uh, in the paper and make and it was just general economy type type stuff about maybe new businesses moving into the city, housing uh, booming in the city, uh, you know, good economic stories. And he would he made a copy of all of them. Okay, Of these. He wrote on the article on the top, not sure i don't I don't think he used the first name on the article of who he was sending it to because he sent this he sent an article to everybody on his list. It was the same article, so let's say it's you know new housing starts set a record uh you know in Albuquerque, okay, okay, so took the article and wrote on top of the article, not sure if you saw this, then signed Dan, folded it up, put it in an envelope, addressed it to the business owner didn't. Did not put it in station letterhead. Okay. Put a stamp on it and just a return address and blind mailed it to everybody on his list. Okay. 50 of them, 60 of them. Did that maybe twice a week for four weeks. Sent out six, seven, eight articles blindly. No introduction, no business card, no nothing. You know, not sure if you saw this, Dan. Saw this, thought of you, Dan. Uh, Found this pretty interesting. Hope you do too, Dan. And sent out all these letters. Now, put yourself in the person's shoes. All of a sudden, you're getting these letters from somebody named Dan. You have no idea who this is, right? And you're getting two two a week for like three weeks, four weeks. Then he followed it up with phone calls, asking for the business owner. Um, Hi, ABC Corporation. Hi, is Marianne Fleming in, please? Uh, She is, can I tell her who's calling? Tell her it's Dan, the guy that's been sending her all the articles. He got through to about 80% of the business owners and jumped started his business. So, you know, in the whole prospecting world of give value before you expect value, that's what he did. He started sending information that they may find useful or interesting without expecting a single thing. So when he followed up with a phone call, it was almost like they were obligated to talk to him. Well, they were very curious, number one, but they also felt like, gee, I should take this guy's call.
0: Yeah. It reminded me, I wrote an interesting article. That sounds odd, but of course I would think it was interesting. I wrote it. (laughs) But I I wrote an article that said something to the effect of, it's the same amount of digging. We can dig 100 one-foot holes attempting to find water, or we could, we could dig one 100-foot hole to get to water. It's the same amount of digging, but a lot of times we go here and there in the hopes that something is going to hit water, and we might not, but it sounds like this guy actually had a system of continuously digging a little deeper, taking some time, mm-hmm. because it does take time, Dave.
1: Oh, oh yeah, no, it takes time. This and, is and that's, not a that's easy keep- task. No, that's why you have to keep doing it because, you know, it just you, you can't just show up for half a day and go, all right, I'm good. I'm good on the prospecting side. You've just got to keep digging and digging and digging, you know.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the manager side of this, because I think there's some elements that in my experience as a as a former manager, that there are mm-hmm. some there's some traps that in inner office that I think some of our account managers listening would take, you know, would, would, would rise up against if, if, if we didn't address. And Mm -hmm. I call them territorial traps because sometimes prospecting is, you know, a dog eat dog business in our office.
1: They could. Yeah.
0: And so I think there's some things that, that I recall experiencing is that your salespeople don't want to give up leads or share leads, but we've got to address the fact that the account is really something that is a possession of, 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 the group or the station or the group of stations. But there's always a feeling like I can't, you know, I I don't want to disclose exactly who I'm calling on. Or if I am, you know, distributed a list, somebody is tainting that list with bad information. You know, for example, oh, I called on them three or four years mm-hmm. ago. You're All never right. going to, you know, don't waste your time, yeah. buddy. So there's, there's things like, there are best practices, and I think it stems from from an organizational structure within the management team of how we're going to deal with prospects and prospecting. So I'm wondering, in your experience, Dave, had you set up systems for prospecting for group, or did you allow the individuals on your teams to go about it in the ways that they felt were best suited for them.
1: No, we, we were, um, you know, and I recommend a, a, a pretty rigid system of managing the prospects because it's such an important part of our business. We can't just let it happen, um, uh, it, you know, on its own. It has to be managed. So we need client or prospect claim forms. I want everybody on the team to know who's calling on what. Right, so everybody gets to look at the prospect list and you have to submit a claim form to claim a prospect now, in order for something to be a prospect, it has to meet certain parameters in my mind. Um, you know it has to uh, you have to um, have had made a contact with them, established some sort of interest um, and then had an initial meeting to see if the interest is is being reciprocated, then you've got a prospect, OK? Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's a suspect. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> Great. Sus- sus- suspects and prospects. The second thing from a manager's standpoint, in my mind, and I'm pretty rigid on this, you have to limit the prospects every account executive can handle. Mm-hmm. You can't handle, you know, somebody can't be handling 40 prospects at one time. You just can't do it. So I want to limit the number of prospects um, and then you can then as a manager, you can manage the process of those. And once an account executive reaches the maximum number you allow, and I'm personally, I'm in the 20 to 25 prospects per AE list, you know, you know a, a total. Okay. Th- once somebody has the maximum number and comes across another viable prospect, they have to drop one. If I have a list of 25, Phil, you can't have 26. So there's yep. this constant uh, uh, churn that only the best prospects stay on the lists. And that's really what I want to have happen. I want the weaker ones off because, again, it's going to suck up time and it may not be worth worth our while. Keep only the best ones on the list. And as a manager, it's a lot easier to manage those. I would have, and I recommend, separate prospecting meetings every couple of weeks. And you go through every one of them and find out where you are on every one of them. Hey, Dave, can
0: I ask you about your experience with Salesforce? And are we getting you know, a higher version of creative prospecting? With Salesforce, is there greater accountability, or is there is it suspect to, you know, more, AE manipulation of, uh, yeah, I made the call, you know, I I got out of the station management business ten years ago to start my mm-hmm. agency, and Salesforce wasn't a thing ten years ago, and it's everywhere. I do know that I receive. Invites for lunches and and uh, hey, can we meet? Or here's an e- email and it's got a Salesforce so, attachment or a BCC to it. So I know I'm part of somebody's creative contact management uh, system, which does also hold elements for prospecting. I'm wondering though, is it just a you know modern technology uh, serving as the creative excuse list? Or a reason to offer a creative writing lesson back to your yeah. sales manager about who I'm calling on and the contacts that I'm making on a regular. Well, I basis. think
1: I, I think there's certainly benefits to, to CRM tools. It provides a historical accountability of what you've done for the account and what you know, how many contacts you've had, what happened during those contacts, and all of that. So that if there is turnover in the in in the sales department, there is a history. Buy account of something you can do there. Um, I, I don't, you know, it, it, it's to me, those tools are activity monitors more so than anything. You know, you're able to you're able to yeah. monitor the activity doesn't necessarily mean you're monitoring the progress. I think there's always going to be creativity. You know, I'm fond of saying there's way more selling that happens in the building than outside the building. And I don't think I don't think I just because you have a CRM tool it mitigates that or prevents that. So I think even if you have a CRM tool like a Salesforce or, or others that are out there, you're able to take a look at the activity. It can help you in your management meetings in trying to uh, manage the prospect lists of your account executives by pulling this up and saying, gee, you haven't called on this guy in three weeks. What gives? Or, you know, here's the, the, this guy's expecting a proposal from you. You haven't done it yet. I don't see it in here. Where is it? I think it can be conversation points, but it still requires active management by sales managers to be able to keep those prospects from getting stuck and to keep the process moving forward and eventually get them down the road into on-air clients.
0: Great, I think the the CRM idea is fantastic. I, my sense is and, and the feedback that I get from uh, the account managers that call on us is that it it's just a, an oversight tool that is, I think to some is Uh, levies an an amount of distrust or big brother or some other kind of control mechanism for call activity. And I think that for the account managers that are are subject to that type of CRM treatment, I think one way to fight through it is to, to have a heavy predetermined strategy to communicate how you are prospecting and not wait for to be buggy whipped by a CRM tool just to get out, be aggressive because it's a natural part of new business, lifeblood of this business, and any account manager worth a grain of salt needs to own this. And this is really what I hope to, to do today in this conversation is just really shed some light on how important it is to maintain some type of prospecting system that provides continuous new opportunities for you to advance and grow your business. It is, it's so important for any business. I don't care if you're in the media business or not. We need to continuously be seeding and watering the newest opportunities. And the best way to
1: do that is, is as you, you mentioned, have a have a specific process, manage it actively. Um, You know, the best account executives I've seen around the country, lead their stations in new business. The top fillers, the people that are making a lot of money that have been there a long time, the best account executives that I've had the pleasure of working with, continually write new business, because they realize how important it is. All right, Phil, this was a good conversation today, and I'm glad uh, we were able to cover it. If you have a topic for us to cover or uh, comments for us, we'd love to hear from you. You can simply just drop us an email at mediasalesmojo.com Ask us at mediasalesmojo.com We'd love to hear from you.
0: Great stuff, Dave. Thank you again for listening to Media Sales Mojo. I'm Philip Gabbard. And I'm Dave Burke. Thanks for listening and good selling.
1: listening to Media Sales Mojo with Philip Gabbard and Dave Burke, two of the media industry's most experienced and creative media sales trainers, coaches, and thought leaders. Follow Dave and Phil socially on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Media Sales Mojo and sign in to receive your month sales mojo message full of actionable, teachable, usable, and doable media sales tips and training to increase your sales mojo. Send your questions anytime to ask us at MediasalesMojo.com and don't miss a mojo minute. Subscribe and never miss out on your Media Sales Mojo podcast. Happy selling!